Hi, and welcome to Foundation Forward, a podcast series about generosity brought to you by the Anglican Foundation of Canada. Foundation Forward invites Canadians to talk about generosity, why it's important, and how they express it. I'm your host, Chris Dawes. Foundation Forward, we're digging a bit deeper into the idea of generosity, from the duty we sometimes think it to be, to the amazing things it unlocks in us and those around us, and the joy and the calling it has become for some remarkable people, like you and me. Thank you for joining us. The 18th century French philosopher François-Marie Arouet, who you probably know as Voltaire, wrote, If you wish to converse with me, define your terms. This frigid February, on Foundation Forward, we're doing just that, breaking with our usual pattern of an invited guest and stepping back to have a close look at the actual word, generosity. The Anglican Foundation recently published its third children's book, Generous People Are Everywhere, authored by my colleague Judy Royce, with illustrations by Michelle Nidinoff. And it starts right off in Chapter 1, talking about the meaning of the word generosity. Let's hear Judy read a bit of it to you. One of the best ways to find out what a word means is to look back, way back in time, to discover a word's origin. In other words, where it came from. A study of the history of words is called etymology, Before the 14th century, if you were born into a noble family, you were automatically generous. That's why the Latin word generosus meant of noble birth. We have an entire episode dedicated to Judy's book in honor of International Children's Day this coming June, and I can't wait to tell you more about it. But for now, let's go on looking at our word. Canadians that speak English or French can thank the Indo-European stem gen, G-E-N, meaning birth or origin, and its Latin and Greek forms genus and genos, meaning someone's race, for a pile of words connected with generosity, or in French, la générosité. Here are some of them in English. Progeny, the children born to a person. Genius a person born with great intelligence. Genteel, elegant, graceful, as typical of one born to the upper class. Generation, a group of people born around the same time. Genesis, the birth or origin of something. Genuine, originating from the one true source. And generic, typical of an original but not coming from the true source. A few words we've come to use a lot more recently are indigenous, born in, emanating from, or growing naturally in a particular region, used for animals, plants, and, of course, people. Gender, once either male or female, and now increasingly embracing other identities, but generally understood to originate at the time of one's birth. The Latin stem genus became the term genus that biologists still use in describing groups of species, and incidentally, as you might have also guessed, the science of genetics. And perhaps most disturbing of all, 
For just 75 years, we've called a much older practice the planned, coordinating killing of groups of people based on who they were born, genocide. As we heard from Judy, our word generous has an important other piece of history. The Latin word generosus meant of noble birth. In other words, those who by virtue of their standing were able to give. We English speakers got the word from the French, généreux, courtesy of the Norman conquest of 1066, and right up to the 16th century, it could still really only describe the noble and the wealthy. But by the 17th century, its meaning had begun to shift increasingly coming to signify a variety of traits historically associated, whether accurately or not, with the nobility. Gallantry, courage, strength, richness, gentleness, and fairness. In addition to describing these diverse human qualities, generous came to be used to describe fertile land, the strength of animal breeds, abundant provisions of food, vibrancy of colors, the strength of liquor, and the potency of medicine. Around about the middle of the 18th century, European society was quickly becoming less stratified with the emergence of what we now call a middle class. And it became clear that you didn't need to be conventionally rich or noble to exhibit the qualities of generosity. Some people seemed to just be generous people. In fact, something even more important was happening to the word. Since you could be generous without being born into it, generosity became a thing to be practiced, a thing to teach your children, a thing to display whether to seem of higher class, to follow the teachings of religion, or simply for the good of one's fellow man. Crucially to us, generosity was becoming not who you were, but how you behaved, a thing you could learn, a way you could live. Religions all extol the virtue of generosity, but often through the institution of charity, the particular case of generosity that is transactionally to the needy from those able to give to them. I spoke on the podcast last fall with Lawrence Scanlon, author of A Year of Living Generously, a book whose cover illustrates this. I actually very much like the cover of the book, which shows one hand in the top right-hand corner uh, giving and a hand in the bottom left-hand corner receiving. What I discovered, I think, is that um, there, is, there are these two worlds. Um, there is the world of those who have and those who need and when, I think when you are always in one camp or the other, you forget what, it, what it's like to be the other. There's of course nothing wrong with those who have, giving to those who don't. But generosity need, and arguably should, have no such connotation. I can be generous to you or you to me regardless of whether you or I has any more to give than the other. In the Gospels of Mark and Luke, Jesus specifically heralds a tiny gift that was all that, or perhaps even more than, a widow could afford in contrast to the larger gifts easily given and flaunted by the wealthy.
Yet, as Lawrence told us, a stubborn separation of those who need and those who give to satisfy their needs persists. And the 19th and 20th century haven't helped our word generosity escape this problem. In fact, it's gotten worse. Generous next grew to refer not just to people, but to their particular and specific actions. With the advent of mass media and the emergence of a new term, philanthropy, gifts, almost always from the super-wealthy, became the face of generosity. A gift itself was a generous gift, and we might conclude that the giver was a generous person. But he or she might also be giving for all sorts of other reasons, including tax write-offs, virtue signaling, influence peddling, legacy building, and so on. Despite our word's progress, in some ways, generosity remains the lot of the wealthy, the nobility of our own time. Five centuries have taken our favorite word on Foundation Forward from meaning who we were born to how we see and interact with the world around us. Our ethnic and social status remain strong predictors of our ability to give as opposed to our need to receive. But that divide is not what generosity really means anymore. We can all spot generosity in anyone, in all its forms, including emotional, spiritual, and symbolic. And it is an incredibly powerful gift each of us can give to those around us and to the world. Here's how nine-year-old Alexander from Lakeside, Ontario, one of several children from across Canada contributing to our June International Children's Day podcast, puts it. This is what I think generosity means. It means happiness and goodwill toward others. It means God. This is what I think God would be doing to us if he was a human. The reason I like generosity so much is because it's about giving and receiving and human happiness. A big thank you to Alexander, to Lawrence, and to Judy, whose book Generous People Are Everywhere is published by the Anglican Foundation and available on our website. If a child you know would like to receive a free copy of the book and contribute their thoughts and voice to our June episode for International Children's Day, email foundation at anglicanfoundation.org. You've been listening to Foundation Forward, a podcast about generosity. Thanks for listening and supporting the Anglican Foundation's vital work across the beautiful country we've been given. Our offices are closed, but you can visit us at anglicanfoundation.org, where you can get in touch, find out all about our work, and, of course, make your donation. You can also email us at foundation at anglicanfoundation.org. Foundation Forward drops on the first Monday of every month, and you can download or listen to its episodes on our website, subscribe through Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get podcasts. See you next month. Until then, I'm Chris Dawes. Thanks for listening.